And, um, the first thing I need you to do is there is going to be a live poll in this session. So uh, you need to check into this session on your mobile devices so that you will be able to vote when, uh, when Janice um, tells you to. Like all good students, we will do what Janice tells us to do when Janice tells us to do it. Um, the, the session is uh, Kwanda Ngwenduna and Janice Angrove will be talking to us uh, on, on the subject uh, of a research assignment that they have done. And um, it's quite different, I think, in some ways to what we saw in the session before lunch, also looking at Africa, because it comes, I think, from a, a bit of a sort of statistical analysis um, and, and an assessment of what the data tells us. Um, and so I'm not going to try and go into that stuff. When I was asked to review the paper, I left the maths behind and looked at the conclusions because the maths went over my head. Um, but uh, without any further ado, let me pass over to Janice to take us further. But while she is coming up, I need to let you know that if you did order a printed book of the papers and have not yet collected, please will you do that during the tea break. Thank you. Um, thanks, Peter. Good afternoon. Um, so this session is going to um, present the findings of an investigation into life assurance markets in Africa. And this was part of research, um, research that was undertaken by Kwanda, who will be speaking to you later, as part of his honors um, project at Fitz University in 2014. And I got roped into um, being part of the, the research. I wasn't his supervisor. Mark Hayes actually supervised the project um, because of my... Um, a bit of experience um, in working with some of the regulators in Africa in terms of training and in terms of my interest in microinsurance. Um, and Kwanda is now working at Munich Re. So um, if we look firstly at the um, key research objectives. So firstly, we used a regression model to identify the key socioeconomic and other country factors driving life insurance premium volumes in Africa. Um, we then investigated how these factors explain the relative positions of the best and the worst performing countries. Um, we also um, obtained projected data of um, ch expected changes um, in the key um, indicators of um, life insurance market um, business volumes and then projected where the life insurance markets would be um, for the period of 2014 to 2020, and we looked at the key drivers um, of, what's, of how life insurance premiums are expected to change in terms of the improvements as well as the, um, country, the factors that are leading to a decline in business volumes. Sorry. So just to have a look at an overall context um, of the, of the um, African continent in terms of life assurance premium volumes. So in general, Africa does lag behind um, emerging markets and the rest of the world in terms of life insurance business development. 90% um, of African countries are below the average um, premium per capita, which is the insurance density, and the average um, premium by GDP, which is the insurance penetration um, for emerging countries. 
Africa makes up 12% of the premium volumes for emerging markets. So this is only for life insurance business. We didn't um, consider non-life business. And South Africa actually really does make up more than its fair share um, of the size of the life insurance market in Africa. And if we remove South Africa from the picture, Africa only makes up 1.3% of the premium volume for emerging markets. So there's also quite a varied experience across the different regions in Africa. So Central Africa and East Africa have the largest number of countries that are in the bottom half by premium per capita um, across the African countries. So that's represented by the frowning faces. West Africa and North Africa show a greater um, spread of countries both in the bottom and the top half by um, premium per capita. And the Southern African, for the Southern African countries, 80% of those countries fall in the top half by premium volume, um, at least by GDP per capita, um, compared to the rest of the African countries, so that there's more promise in Southern Africa. Uh, so there are a number of barriers um, to expanding um, life assurance business in Africa. So some of these are on the demand side, with things like affordability and trust and insurance. Some of these factors fall on the supply side, in terms of um, monopolistic and fragmented life insurance markets. Um, and then other country factors like weak legal systems and, regulatory and insurance regulations form a part. Um, but the Swiss Re World Insurance Report um, in 2012 indicated that um, Africa might be the rising star of tomorrow in, in terms of life insurance business. Um, and um, it's really looked at the growth of life insurance premiums in Africa over the past um, few years. So Af Africa's premium growth um, was 13% in 2013 which is higher than the average for emerging markets, which sat at 6.4%. Um, so there is opportunity um, for growth in life insurance business, or there seems to be opportunity for growth in life insurance business um, because of the young and growing population, um, and if Africa can achieve economic growth and um, political stability and overcome the various barriers. Um, so then we looked at the key factors that have been found in other research studies um, that influence the size of life insurance markets. So firstly, the population size um, and structure as well as population growth will determine the size of the opportunity. Um, economic fact development plays a part um, with things like GDP and inflation. Um, social development is very important, so we looked at um, education and health. Um, the development of the financial sector um, and in particular, the banking system is, will play a role. And then governance indicators, um, particularly looking at the legal systems and the rule of law, um, as well as regulatory quality. So let's look at how Africa fares on these key factors. So firstly, um, Africa does have a young and growing population. So this does um, present an opportunity for growth in life insurance markets in Africa. Um, Africa's GDP has been growing by more than um, the developed uh, economies, but is behind um, developing economies in terms of GDP growth. I think it's important to bear in mind that an increase in GDP does not ne necessarily mean an increase in the wealth of the population in general, because there's high level of in in income inequality in Africa, and um, you would want to see an increase in wealth of the general population to be able to have life assurance products to be more affordable. 
Um, 70% of African countries are rated low on the UN Human Development in Index. Um, Africa is uh, rated as better than developing countries in terms of the efficiency of financial markets, but is behind um, these economies in terms of um, depth, access, and the stability of financial markets. Um, and finally, Africa has traditionally had um, quite low ratings in terms of governance, and um, half of the African country, 25% uh, of the, oh, no, African countries really fall in the lower half um, by governance indicators across the world. So um, there are quite a lot of um, weaknesses in terms of the African economies and social systems that are limiting um, the development of life insurance business. So Africa's behind both advanced and developing economies in a number of these um, indicators with disparate experience across different countries, but there are indications of opportunities for growth in terms of the young and growing population, um, um, growth in the economy and improvements in governance indicators. So um, there are opportunities um, if the barriers to growth in life assurance business can be overcome. So I'm going to now hand over to Kwanda, who's going to take you through the model. Um, I think um, one of the interesting questions that we asked as Janice was the, some of the things that she discussed was the factors affecting the size of the life assurance market. Now, an interesting question is how do we actually measure the size of the life assurance market? As the part of the objective of the paper was to actually try and see how these African actually countries actually fair in terms of these factors and hence what is their relative standing in terms of the size of the market. So what we did is was try to fit a regression model to the factors driving the size of the market in just to see how do these factors actually uh, influence life assurance consumption and hence their relative importance on explaining the variation that we see in terms of the size of the market in Africa. Now, one of the factors that is used in the existing literature to measure the size of the market was annual gross premiums. As you might all know that this may not necessarily be a good indicator because, for example, it might be affected by the price of different products across countries as well as across firms. And also it may be affected by the types of products in the, between these countries as um, the different mix of products uh, could lead to a distortion of the results. But nevertheless, um, we use this uh, indicator because it is the only available measure that you may use and the ease of obtaining data for all the countries and for all the periods. For example, some of the indicators that we might use is like the number of policies or the sums are short, but those uh, indicators are actually difficult to get. So the variables that we included were the demographic variables such as your, um, the age structure of the population, life expectancy, as well as the population size, as well as some of the socioeconomic indicators, including the size of the economy, the income, as well as some of the factors that indicate the monetary stability such as inflation and interest rates, as well as the indicators that measure the financial sector development of the, of the country. There are, now, there are a number of factors that are used to measure the financial sector sophistication of the market. For the purposes of this presentation, we used uh, the private credit from financial institutions as a measure as a percentage of 
GDP to measure um, the financial sector development. And some of the indicators that we use were governance indicators, which are actually measuring institutional development in the country, including measures such as regulatory quality, government effectiveness, the voice and accountability, control of corruption, as well as political stability factors, as well as religion. Um, when it comes to religion, we actually chose this indicator because um, historically, um, some of the empirical and academic research suggests that um, where a majority of the population is actually dominated by Muslims, um, it tends to show like lower life assurance consumption. So this variable was included to kind of like show what extent that, uh, that uh, religion has on some of these countries, particularly your North African countries. The data that we used was for 52 African countries, excluding South uh, Sudan because it only became independent in 2011, as well as um, Somalia because it only had uh, limited data for the period spanning from 2009 and 2013. The data was just average to remove some of the fluctuations in some of these variables coming from various sources, including Munich Re that provided data for some of the premium uh, volumes for some of these countries for all the periods, as well as some of the um, uh, sources such as International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, and African Economic Outlook and United Nations. Now, um, we fitted this annual gross premium as a dependent variable to these factors affecting the size of the life assurance market, and the model was quite good, as can be indicated by the adjusted R squared, which actually measures the relative uh, performance of the model, as well as explaining the, some of the variation that is explained by the factors affecting the size of the life assurance market. Um, this table shows the results of the model in terms of the factors that were retained after some rigorous um, stepwise regression modeling. Um, as we can see at the bottom of the table, um, the two asterisks indicate uh, that the variable was significant at 1%, while one, star, one asterisk only indicates it was significant at 5%. Okay, sorry about that. Um, as I said, the two asterisks indicate at what level it was significant, being 1%, suggesting that where it was significant at 1%, those variables were the most um, significant variable in explaining uh, life assurance market size across countries. As you can see there, for example, inflation has the most negative mean, indicating that where inflation um, is actually quite high for those countries, it tended to show lower life assurance uh, premium volumes, while like, the financial development indicator there with a score weight of 1.36 was the most significant variable as well as having the largest uh, regression uh, score weight, suggesting that this variable is a key structural variable that actually indicates whether life assurance firms can actually go into that country to um, uh, offer life assurance, as well as uh, the government effectiveness, because uh, government effectiveness, for example, includes some of your regulations. If your government is supportive in terms of the regulations as well, it's quite important um, in terms of influencing the development of the market, as well as the religion that actually came up uh, having a negative score weight, suggesting that, as I've said before, that uh, in some of these countries where the population is dominated by Muslims, it tends to be um, uh, reporting lower life uh, premium volumes. For example, such countries such as um, your, your Egypt, um, your Morocco, uh, where the majority of the population is much prevalent in terms of the Muslims. And these um, variables are also important, but 
to a lesser extent than the variables that uh, have two asterisks next to them. For example, the population and uh, the real GDP, which actually measure the size of the opportunity for that market. Obviously, for life assurance firms to go to that market, there must at least be some uh, level of opportunity which are actually indicated by the population, the real GDP, as well as the GDP per capita. As you can see, all those three variables are positive, suggesting that they have a multiplicative effect of increasing life assurance consumption whenever they're increasing. Although the GDP per capita, which measures income, is not significant, but for Africa, um, GDP per capita on average tends to be very low, and hence it's not that significant. And when some of the variables, some, uh, for example, political stability, voice and accountability and control of corruption also came up quite well. Now, it was not just about the significance of the models. It was also about uh, the contribution that it, each variable made in terms of uh, how it influenced the model's life assurance premium volume. For example, um, what we did is was to look at the countries on, in total and also like to look at the size of the, the factor for that variable and just to see what contribution on the average that factor contributes to a country's life assurance premium volume. The size of opportunity, which as I've said, was indicated by the population size as well as the real GDP and income uh, per capita. Uh, suggested that 50% to about 75% of the variation um, in the life assurance premium volume was contributed by these uh, variables, suggesting that these variables are actually forming like a base um, for life assurance uh, providers for them to sell. But you don't just need that. Uh, the financial uh, sector development factors actually appeared as having the second positive inf influence on there with the range of contribution ranging from 7% to 24%, suggesting that um, this variable is also a key structural supply factor, although that there might, be, there might be indications of opportunities for life assurance firms to flourish. Um, there must be at least a conducive environment for them to operate. And also some of the governance indicators for Africa, they range from negative 7% to 7%, quite variable because some of these countries actually had poor indicators of governance pulling their life assurance premium volumes down, whereas some of the other countries that actually had positive variables actually performed relatively better than other countries. As well as um, economic stability, which is measured by um, the inflation, as you can see, they test the negative score weight, suggesting that on the average, it tends to um, lower the premium volumes produced by life assurance firms as it uh, has a detrimental effect on how life assurance firms make their profits. As well as the religion of African countries, where it tended to show um, a negative uh, influence on life assurance markets. Now, what we also did is, was based on the results of the model, we actually uh, ranked the countries in terms of the premium volumes that they produced, just to see what countries actually uh, perform the best and what countries actually perform the worst. Now, these five countries that I've just shown here were ranked by premium per capita being how much a consumer on average would spend on life assurance. On, on, on life assurance. Um, now, in terms of the relative uh, factors that make these countries perform the way they expected, 
we looked at the, some, some of the conducive factors as determined by the results of the model from the previous slides. For example, as what we might all know, South Africa is miles ahead in terms of its life assurance market um, potential at least, or its uh, development. I think um, in, in, in the world it's actually quite up there because of, like, for example, the size of the group of wealthy people who are able to afford life assurance, although like, there might be some income equalities as insurance is not really accessible to all uh, the population. As well as being uh, one of the most well-developed financial sectors in the world, um, as well as having one of the uh, developed stock exchange as well. I think um, the one, if I looked at some of these countries, the only two countries that appear as um, interesting to me were Mauritius and Morocco. Mauritius benefiting immensely from um, lucrative tax incentives provided by each government to encourage life assurance, which has actually made Mauritius to be one of the top three countries in Africa in terms of its life assurance market development. And also, um, it's, uh, I think in Africa it is one of only two, three countries that actually has the life assurance market being higher than the non-life insurance market. And this is proof of its government being actively involved in terms of its life assurance market development. And I think um, in, recently, as of the last, uh, I think 2014, they've also like wants to be... Um, a cell, a cell captive um, place for, for cell captive insurance. It's also like all, um, recently introducing um, some uh, regulation on micro insurance. All of those factors suggest that uh, Mauritius is quite advanced in terms of its uh, life assurance market, as well as also its uh, financial development being actually ranked quite higher than that of South Africa by the World Bank doing business report. And also Mauritius, there's some foreign ownership for life assurance firms to actually operate there, although there are restrictions in terms of the capacity. Um, I think the interesting story about Namibia in Botswana, in particular other South, Southern African countries, is because of the presence of um, South African firms, which actually um, it create a stable environment uh, for, for Namibia and Botswana, despite them having a, a population just above a million. Um, I think um, for Morocco's story, it's quite interesting because of innovation, particularly cooperation with banks, because uh, since 2005, when banker insurance was introduced, it has actually made um, Morocco being the second largest insurance market um, in Africa on premium volume. I think also um, because of its well-developed banking sector in Africa, whereas most of the life assurance providers are either like subsidiaries of banks or in partnership with banks has actually made access to insurance easier and hence its relative standing um, compared to other markets is quite better, particularly in the North African countries where we have known that most of these countries are actually hindered by um, your, the dominance of state insurers as well as um, uh, the majority of the population being Muslims. But I think uh, recently they've also introduced a legislation for Islamic finance that will actually allow um, uh, the Muslim population to have access to um, Takaful prospects, which is just approved insurance for life, uh, for assurance. So I think the prospects for Mor Morocco in that regard um, are actually quite um, uh, up there. And also, we looked at the West countries. These countries were ranked at the bottom 52 of the countries uh, because they reported worse premium volumes than other countries and also like almost a nascent or non-existent life assurance market because it was even difficult to determine like what uh, life assurance market or what are life assurance firms actually exist there and how many are there and what type of products actually exist. 
So if you can look at some of the factors that contribute to them performing worse than, uh, than, 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 they, than they are, so, uh, for example, uh, low income for countries like uh, Republic of Congo and Central African Republic. There's also some historical barriers that arises from things like uh, institutional deficiencies arising from past civil wars, as well as some poor indicators on governance, which actually hinder um, the performance of these countries. As we have seen from the model that the financial development and governance indicators actually appeared as quite instrumental in determining whether the African market would uh, perform worse or better. So now in terms of um, these countries, what, what was actually interesting also in terms of the results of the model was that Democratic Republic of Congo, although it's one of the worst performers in terms of the, if, if it's uh, premium per capita, it has, uh, I think, the fourth largest population size and also scores is in the top quartile in terms of real GDP which may probably suggest that there might be opportunities for a Democratic Republic of Congo if some of these barriers can be overcome. And quite interestingly, Democratic Republic of Congo um, appears as one of the countries um, that might have um, uh, improved its life assurance market if some of these uh, barriers are tackled. Now, the third aim of the paper was to um, use the results of the model just to try and see and project forward what could be um, the performance of this country based on the life assurance premium volume for individual African countries. So what we did is was just use the regression score weights that were yielded by the regression model just to use them to apply to raw data that was sourced, providing some estimates for some of these key indicators just to determine what the projected premium volume could be. So what we did is was to combine the regression score weights with those uh, raw data to get the projected premium volume. So we considered um, the each country based on its actual premium volume versus projected premium volume just to see how each country would perform and what its ranking would be as well as the projected growth in its model premium volume. On average, uh, the model suggested that Africa would improve its life assurance premium volume by 7% over the projected seven-year period, suggesting that there might be opportunities to improve Africa's life assurance landscape. But interesting question that we had was um, which countries would show the most improvement and which countries would probably stagnate or fall or decline in their rankings and what are the biggest contributors in terms of their improvement or what makes them perform the way that they are projected to uh, perform. Janice will then take you through some of the projections, giving insights in some of these uh, countries. Thank Thanks, Kwanda. So um, I'd like to do the, the live poll now. Um, so the question is, which, which country um, improves the most in terms of its, its life assurance um, premium volumes um, between the current state and the um, projected premium volumes from the model? So um, we should have a choice of countries um, between Ethiopia, uh, the DRC, um, the Republic of Congo and Equatorial Guinea. I don't know if the if you've got numbers. So 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 one would be Ethiopia, two would be the DRC, three would be Congo, and four would be Equatorial Guinea.
are you voting? Maybe I can ask the question I was going to ask later while we're voting, is whether anybody was surprised by our choice of four countries. Um, I was. Okay, good. Um, so, um, um, I, yeah, so I wanted to ask, but I'm not going to do a poll on that, whether people were surprised about the, the countries that turned out to be um, expect, projected to be the countries that improved the most. Um, out of the countries that um, we looked at. And I guess w one thing to bear in mind is many of these countries are starting at a very, off a very low base. So there is, is quite a lot of room for improvement. Um, in terms of um, the votes, I, I would have expected Ethiopia and the DRC to also have come in the top, the top um, two. Um, but the model actually projected Equatorial Guinea, um, probably because of its um, oil-based economy and, and opportunities um, for economic growth. So, um, can we can, can we have the presentation, the presentation back? But but something to note is Ethiopia moves to the highest position. Um, out of all the countries that we're expected to improve. So Ethiopia moves to, um, to the fourth position um, with a growth of, and all of these countries show, show expected growth rates of over 20%. So Equatorial Guinea has um, the highest um, expected growth rates and is expected to improve its position um, in ranking across the African countries um, by the, the greatest um, percentage. Um, but I must say I was um, quite surprised, but the, the thing is you need to uh, bear in mind that this is um, a, a statistical exercise and um, a lot of these countries are, are, are starting off a very low base. So the main factors that explain the growth um, of the best improvers that are really starting off this low base is an improvement in governance indicators and better social development indicators. So economic stability was important for Libya and Ethiopia, and financial sector development was also important from Ethiopia, for Ethiopia. So Ethiopia is a little bit different um, to the other four countries that we had as the top improvers. Um, the Ethiopia and the DRC also have, so I think that's where everybody's um, choices came in terms of the, the expected best improvers, in terms of the economy and the population size, um, giving the potential for growth um, in the market. I think it's important to, be, to have a look to see that um, the DRC and the Congo still remain in the bottom half of um, African countries by rank in terms of premium volumes. And a lot of the projected improvements in life assurance business relies on improvements in um, governance indicators and social development, which have traditionally been um, quite low in Africa and very um, unpredictable and um, improvements um, that might not actually, um, that are expected, that might not actually happen in practice. So it's yet to be tested whether um, we would see these improvements as we expected. Um, we also had a look at what I've called the best startup countries. So these are countries that already have some level of life assurance business volumes, even though compared to the rest of the world, um, they would be very low. But these countries fall in, into the second quartile 
of African countries by premium per capita. So there's some level of life insurance business on which to um, build and expand the life insurance market, but there's still opportunities for growth in terms of the size of the economy and the size of the population. So here we see that there are actually quite different factors that are driving the expected improvements in life assurance business for these countries. Um, mainly these um, improvements re result from improvements in financial sector development and also economic stability and the management of inflation. Um, improvements in social factors is also important. Economic growth was only um, important for the Cameroon and governance indicators has only um, been important for Malawi. So um, in terms of looking at um, Angola, which is sitting at the top in terms of the expected position that it would move to, um, the development of the stock exchange in Angola, Angola, as well as the growing middle class, is seen as a key driving force um, to the expansion of life insurance business in Angola. Just to bear in mind that, of course, Nigeria is the top African country in terms of GDP and and population size, um, and Angola is also supported by a relatively um, high GDP. Then um, to, to look at the downside as well as the upside, there are a number of countries that are also expected to decline in terms of their premium volumes over time. Um, I think just to bear in mind that Cote d'Ivoire, Lesotho and Zimbabwe are actually quite high in terms of their um, GDP per, per capita and um, the, the insurance premium volumes are expected to decline in those markets. Um, Cape Verde and, and Liberia really have very small markets and we wouldn't expect to see um, anything exciting happening. In terms of the reason for de the decline, um, e um, economic influences like a decline in GDP, a deterioration in, in the governance factors, um, an increase in corruption and a decline in, in the govern, government's effectiveness and voice and accountability, as well as a decline in social factors in terms of a decline in spending on health, um, really explains um, the poor performance of the countries um, that are expected to decline. Then in terms of key insights, I think it's important to bear in mind what conducive factors are that would support the development of life assurance markets that we can see from the top countries um, of GDP per capita. So things like wealth, well-developed financial markets, the influence of South African firms in Southern Africa, taking up, uh, advantage of bank assurance, and then tax incentives have been very helpful for Mauritius. Um, when we looked at the model and um, the drivers of the change in um, expected or projected premium volumes over time, the size of the population and the economy really de determines the size of the opportunity and um, factors like improved governance, um, development of the financial sector and social and, econo and economic development um, also play a role in improving um, pros prospects for life insurance markets. Um, and this research really looked at very high-level um, indicators of life assurance business. Um, there are a number of nuances that would need to be investigated further to really understand um, the drivers 
of life insurance business in developing countries and in Africa in particular. So one of the key factors that also still need, would need to be considered is the effect of income inequality and changes in the income distribution over time, um, which would impact on affordability of life insurance. Um, more um, insights into um, social factors that would support the development of life insurance business. Um, a very key factor which came out from the um, improvements in the startup countries is really the level of financial sector development, so that would need to be investigated further, particularly the structure of the insurance market. So it would also be important to understand the size of the market, the number of players and the types of products that are being offered as well as looking at um, this investigation by region so that there is some commonality between the countries that you're investigating, maybe consider um, the countries that are, um, derive most of their income from oil, and then look at the factors that influence um, the relative attractiveness of markets that have some level um, of commonality. Then our, my last thoughts, I struggled quite a lot um, with the results and, and with the insights of this, this paper. And really my question that I was left with, with was, could Africa be the rising star of tomorrow? tomorrow? So there are positive um, indications from the projected data and from the model results. Um, we heard in the talk this morning, um, I've been, we've been talking a lot about the potential that Africa has in terms of its growing economy and its growing and young population. But projected premium growth in life assurance premiums is largely off a very low base. So a 20% increase of a very small number still will result in quite um, a small uh, market size. And a number of the countries, especially the best improvers, when we saw Equatorial Guinea and the DRC, really the life insurance um, premium volumes are uh, well, at least the countries that reflect great improvements also reflect higher risk. Um, so there, there are um, indications that there is quite a high risk that um, some of these governance indicators that are expected to improve um, may not improve in the future. And growth really does depend on economic growth and political stability, which has been um, quite unstable and precarious um, given past experience in Africa and also the development of um, the wider financial sector, which has generally been at quite a slow pace and quite fragmented in a number of African markets. So some opportunities and some reason for optimism and some sobering thoughts in terms of what needs to be right um, in terms of um, markets growing and taking op uh, the opportunity um, of the, the growth in the economy and the growth in the population. Thanks. So I'll open the floor to questions. Whoa, sorry. Okay, thank you, Kwanda uh, and Janice. Um, I, I guess the, some of those results, when, when you see them sort of get you to sort of step back a second and sort of say, but that doesn't sort of align with what one's seen uh, in other things and the sort of conventional wisdom around things. So um, I now open the floor to questions uh, or comments that anybody has. Uh, there's a question in the in the middle here. Um, I'm just trying to see where the microphones are. Uh, so we'll see where the mic gets first. There's a mic over there. That is one. And then there's a question in the middle over there. So do you want to take yours first as you've got the microphone over there? Yes, thank you. 
Thank you for a great presentation. Is it on? Okay. You're on, I think. Um, I just wanted to, you didn't show the result for South Africa. What is the projected growth for South Africa in the next five years? In terms of South Africa, I think particularly because of its saturated market as well, um, there wasn't much um, pro um, growth projected. I think it was about uh, minus 0.9% decline. In the middle. Um, I was just wondering, I mean, also based on the comment at the previous session, did you consider using language as a predictive factor, um, given uh, there were some comments around sort of English-speaking world, you know, that there was greater penetration possibly with the sort of British tradition of insurance versus maybe a continental European tradition, you know, whether that would, would be a fairly significant factor? Um, thanks. I think um, language does play a role in terms of attractiveness, um, in terms of ease of doing business um, for, for international countries that may want to um, move into Africa and possibly even um, considering where the legal system comes from as well as and understanding um, the, the law. But um, we didn't consider uh, attractiveness mainly from sort of um, English-speaking um, multinationals that may be considering um, moving into um, other countries. And I guess there are um, other, other countries that may, may expand, um, that may be French-speaking, that may expand into French-speaking countries. Yeah. So it's not a factor, but it definitely would affect the attractiveness for South African firms that are considering. Uh, we didn't, uh, because most of the factors that we included in the model were based on um, some empirical uh, existing research. So um, I think uh, we uh, didn't include it because um, I think most, m m much of the research was done it didn't actually didn't really focus on Africa. I guess uh, for Africa, probably like a different case compared to some of the developed markets where this research has been done extensively. So I think in terms of, um, uh, for example, particularly South African firms looking to expand, probably like language might indeed play a factor. Um, I think also it might be, it might be like a further probably like a research question that might also like, might also like want, want to answer in terms of uh, that. got a question over there that there's a microphone at, so David, please go ahead. Uh, David Cook from Milliman. Uh, Kwanda Janice, thank you very much. I enjoy that. Uh, always good to see different approaches and different numerical ways of, of projecting uh, what's working, what's not working. Uh, you, you did mention some of the challenges of using premiums as a, as, as a measure, and I guess the, the, the biggest challenge for me is saying insurance or life insurance risk premiums a very different creature from life insurance from a savings perspective. And it's, you know, it's a hard variable to analyze, but those markets where retirement savings in particular have been kind of brought into the, the, the world of life insurance are always going to show a much more significant life insurance industry. So I wondered whether there was any thought or maybe a step two to the research of looking at uh, indicator variables perhaps for countries whether the retirement savings is typically done by a life insurance or not. In some markets, it's, 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 it's required to, but there are certainly some markets where you're not allowed to. Your retirement savings must not be part of a life insurance contract. Uh, I guess I wonder if you'd given any, any thought in the research. Um, I think it's, an, it's a valid question. I think in terms of uh, that, that we did actually in, 
consider it. But the problem with dealing with Africa, partially we, deal, we dealt with all the African countries, it's quite difficult to find some of the information, particularly on whether um, the premiums that are reported actually do include some of the retirement products or not. So um, because of that, we could not really determine like what uh, contributed to the premiums. As I've mentioned in the presentation is that some of the premiums there could be affected by the different mix of the products between different, uh, different countries. So it might uh, quite be uh, useful if we had that information so that you can see because there might be different factors affecting uh, different types of products such as protection or investment products or post-retirement needs products. I was, I was quite encouraged to see you managed to find data for 52 countries, but I guess along with that it's that much more difficult <laughs> to find all this level on, on all of those, those countries. But, but thanks David, an indicator variable might overcome some of the, the challenges of not having the actual uh, premium splits and, and yeah. things like that. So. Um, I think that's, and I was actually quite surprised in some of the very small markets, they are, uh, insurers are involved in the retirement savings business, so it is um, a valid point. The, the, the other piece of it uh, is around markets where, especially in our group life, is compulsory. Uh, it's, it's amazing how we always say and, and joke that insurance is sold, not bought, but sometimes when it's regulated, you must have it, that, that has a big impact. But I guess the, the same comments apply in terms of the challenges of, of getting that data. Uh, last question on a, a bit of a different tack. I, just, I saw the, the, the urbanization coefficient being negative. It, do, do you think that's really because more urban societies use less insurance? Or is there a proxy? Is there some other factor that's getting taken out there? Because that one just stuck out to me as, as quite unexpected. Thank you. Um, yes, so um, we, we haven't managed to resolve the negative urbanization question. So that's one of the, the areas where we need to investigate it further. But I would imagine that there is some sort of um, proxy factor where that is a level of um, indication of social development. Maybe um, in countries where there's less urbanization, um, there are kind of higher levels of, of social um, indicators um, in the, the urban areas. Also, um, Peter's suggestion um, was that a lot of people also move um, from the rural areas into poorer parts of the city. So it's not as if um, they, the urbanization is increasing um, the wealth um, of the co consumers, which would lead to an increase then in, in affordability of life insurance business. Uh, just uh, to, to comment on that using the, uh, the chairman's prerogative, uh, I um uh, I, I sort of identified the same thing, and I think the, my, my sort of intu intuitive sort of look at it was that it was probably that your urbanization was coming from urban poor um, as opposed to urban wealthy, and, and that was probably impacting that. Uh, the, the other one, David, that you asked there, I think uh, raises one of the other questions when we talk about South African having massive insurance presentation. Um, the, the question that I ask of how much of what is classified as insurance and premiums in South Africa, particularly in the life insurance industry, is actually insurance. Um, and I think that if that was separated out, our insurance penetration uh, taking out uh, investments might well uh, look a lot lower than it is. I saw two questions over this side, so at the back, in the middle there. Thank you, Ashishis. Hello, can you hear me? Thank you, Ashishis Sai here. Uh, thanks for the presentation. Um, I was just in interested in your uh, thoughts around the uh, factor and variable around financial stability. 
Um, so you said that's obviously a key factor in terms of determining whether life insurance uh, penetration, life insurance projections are going to be positive or not. So I, I was just thinking about two things. Um, so typically in some of these markets where you have um, uh, banking as a developed element of the financial sector uh, and where they begin to lend much more to the consumer, that normally triggers off uh, the need for life insurance. So I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that was the first part of the question. And the second part of the question was, um, again, typically what you see is where people have begun to sort of purchase some form of health or managed care or some sort of baseline health insurance that creates a propensity or a, or a habit to, to buy other forms of insurance. Were you able to identify whether those were predetermining factors to um, whether life insurance is uh, more prevalent or likely to be more prevalent? Uh, or, or, if, or have you got any thoughts on that? Thank you. Okay, so two, so two questions. One is the development on the banking um, sector um, and the other one looking at um, whether health insurance um, would support also the development of, of life insurance. So in terms of um, the development of the banking sector, so I, I do agree in, in a number of countries, um, Morocco was the example that we looked at in more detail, um, a lot of growth has come out of um, credit life and bank assurance business. So yes, um, the development of the banking sector is um, supporting the development of um, credit life um, type products. Um, but the banking system serves a much wider role in terms of also facilitating payments, um, collection of premiums, um, payments of claims, and a lot of inefficiencies, although we are... <laughs> Africa was rated a, a little bit better on inefficiencies than emerging markets. A lot of the inefficiencies um, increase the costs to the levels where you wouldn't be able to use um, the banking system to collect premiums um, for micro-insurance products. So um, even with a well-developed system, if it's inefficient, it's um, going to be um, quite expensive. Um, and then in terms of health insurance, I haven't um, looked in a lot of detail, a lot of southern African countries kind of life insurance is um, most important. Um, as we discussed earlier, funeral insurance is something that uh, many people fe uh, feel the need to purchase um, and find a way of, of, say, of fi find a way of affording that um, over other premiums. But um, in, in East Africa, there are the national health um, systems, which currently have a very low um, or a low penetration in terms of number of customers. But it'll be interesting to see how some of the markets might develop with people um, belonging to those national health systems and then growing over time. I guess I think every country has sort of a risk that they feel is most important. I think West Africa also has quite a lot of health, health insurance business. So, yeah, so it, I guess it depends on kind of what's, what the, the cult culturally is important to the market as well. Any other questions? I think I saw another one I thought down here, but are there any other questions? There's one over there. Sorry, if I, if I missed you earlier, it's because you're standing right behind the floodlights. So. <laughs> uh, my question is, you used healthcare financing and urbanization as a proxy to social development. Did you also, under social development, consider the 
culture or traditional beliefs that deter people from getting life insurance or it was eliminated by the stepwise approach. The second thing is, did you also put into consideration the effect of the informal sector? Because most of these life insurance products are consumed by the former sector. Thank you. So who's, who's going to take those ones? <laughs> Okay, so um, no, we didn't consider culture. So the only sort of cultural influence, so a lot of um, being an honors project research, um, a lot of the um, initial selection of the factors came from um, other findings in previous research. So even though um, um, there's, we, we only really considered um, the, the um, influence of the, of the Islam as a religion in terms of the um, Sharia law issues around traditional life insurance products. So that's the only um, place where that would have been reflected. But there is research to show that um, there, there are other influences um, beyond just um, the religious effects in terms of, of cultural um, dependencies. So I think that that would probably require um, additional research into looking at to whether there are um, barriers that need to become overcome from that perspective. Um, and then you also... Um, asked about informal insurance. I guess most, we, we also, this is, a lot of this is just based on kind of um, international databases in terms of the data that's available. Um, and I don't think there would be sort of uh, standardized data across all the various countries um, on, the, on informal insurance. But I do think that um, most countries do have um, informal risk um, mitigation mechanisms. Um, where um, and so um, sort of risk pooling and risk sharing is probably much higher than what would be reflected um, in the life insurance premium volumes that we see. So yes, it's it's definitely a an influencing factor and possibly also a factor that would be a good factor that would tell us kind of how easy is it to get people to understand. Um, risk pooling um, from an informal perspective to working with an insurer as a, as a stepping stone. So. Are there any further questions? Okay, then can we uh, thank uh, Kwanda and Janice for, the, for, for, for this presentation today? And, uh, I think from, from my side, just to note that there is a paper that is backing this, so those of that you who, who do want to sort of delve a little bit more into what, uh, what is behind there, there is a paper published on the, on the website with the, for this, uh, this presentation. I think that uh, there are some interesting things that have come out, and, and, and Janice, I would encourage uh, perhaps further research to try and see if there are other proxies or things that can be used to try and refine this. I guess for one of the things is, is always a, a challenge is that you're looking back into a, an environment as, that is, um, uh, as the environment changes, I think some of those things change. So things like cell phone banking, cell phone insurance, some of the stuff that was being talked about uh, in, in the earlier session could well uh, change the, the picture of what we see going forward. Just from a housekeeping point of view, just to remind you that if you did order a uh, printed version of the papers that uh, you are to collect that from the registration desk uh, during the tea break. 
And uh, we now break for tea and reconvene at five past three in whatever venue you have chosen for your next session. Thank you very much.